If I use the term the opioid crisis, you likely know what I'm talking about, but increasingly that term is out of date. Perhaps it's just too simple. Because what began in many cases as prescription drugs being crushed or misused and then users turning to street supplies of heroin, that has changed because the supply, the street supply of illicit drugs is increasingly toxic. You likely know the term or the drug fentanyl, a synthetic opioid, incredibly powerful. It's in the drug supply and it has caused so much tragedy, so much heartache. But something new is also showing up more and more, and it is being called as significant as the appearance of fentanyl, fentanyl, and that is the rise of benzodope, benzodiazepine. Now, you might know that by its more popular prescription types like Xanax, Valium, or Ativan, things that are used to treat anxiety, well, what's showing up in the drug supply is far more deadly. My next guest is Assistant Professor of Medicine and Director of Harm Reduction Research at Yale University. Welcome, Ryan McNeil. I thank you for having me. Tell me what you are seeing within the drug supply and how that has changed in recent years. Yeah, so the moment we're in really reminds me a lot of that period in <clears throat> kind of 2015, 2016, when we saw really the, the wholesale replacement of, of heroin and other opioids within the illicit drug supply by fentanyl. And, you know, before that, it was sporadically popping up. And, and certainly what we've now seen is over the last handful of years, we've sporadically had um, benzodiazepines like atazolam show up in the drug supply, but it, it's become a regular feature of it at this point. And so what that means is people who are purchasing um, an illicit opioid, who in many cases are certainly because of the replacement by fentanyl, expecting fentanyl, are now getting this toxic mix of drugs that includes fentanyl, um, a benzodiazepine, as well as potentially the, the many other things that are, are currently showing up within the illicit drug supply. And the unfortunate thing is, you know, this is becoming a a key feature of the supply now, and it grossly amplifies the risk of overdose-related death and other complications. Why would dealers be cutting fentanyl with with benzos? Well, I, I think a key distinction here is, you know, for the most part, and we know this through work that we've been doing over the last handful of years, that the folks who are selling drugs directly they have little control over the the supply. And so they're, they're typically provided that with a, a higher level supplier and don't necessarily even always know themselves what's in it. Um, now, certainly, I think we, we could speculate as to the reasons why we're seeing the supply become increasingly more complex, but I think it's important that this is a long documented phenomenon under drug prohibition. It's effectively called the, the iron law of prohibition where, you know, as things are criminalized, they become more and more potent because of the the ease, the, the greater ease through which things can be trafficked around with, with you know, smaller, in, in much smaller amounts. And so this change that we've seen now, you know, certainly it could be partly due to disruptions to the supply change and in international drug trafficking routes under COVID and the related restrictions, um, as well as any other host of things that may have contributed to it. But I, I think the key thing to, to keep in mind is, 
you know, this is consistent with the drug supply changes that we've been seeing for a number of years. It's just the new and unfortunately incredibly tragic turn that it's taking right now. With opioids, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, even synthetic opioids, uh, you can get blockers for that. I'm, I'm thinking Narcan. Um, does that work for benzos? Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, asking a, you know, naloxone is an incredibly effective tool for responding to opioid overdoses. But the reality is it's just not designed to respond to benzos. This would be like expecting a therapeutic for, for one disease to address something else completely unrelated that works through a different mechanism. And so the unfortunate thing is now overdoses are just so incredibly complex when they're involving, you know, what, what everyone's calling benzo dope. And, you know, it's so complicated to respond. And, you know, we're really, really skilled at this point in responding to fentanyl related overdoses and other opioids because of the, just the scope and extent of the crisis. But the, the reality is so many of our tools just aren't designed to respond to, to benzos. You talked about the criminalization of various aspects. I mean, is is it accurate to describe this as a bit of a whack-a-mole? We, you know, we we discover the fentanyls in the drug supply. We see the tragic outcomes. We move. We we try and you know move law enforcement to intercept fentanyl, and so then we move to something else. It, and it is the logical conclusion there that the the way we are tackling illicit substances simply is not working. I mean, certainly, and, and there's decades of evidence at this point that, you know, efforts that focus on, on you know, addressing the, the drug supply through criminalization, drug law enforcement just don't work. I mean, if, if we really look at what's happening right now, we effectively have a mass casualty event being brought on completely by a, a toxic drug supply. And the, the most ready tool that we have to address that at this point is safe supply. That is, you know, we need to accept and understand that a lot of people aren't interested in treatment um, who have a substance use disorder. And a lot of people who are, are overdosing or, or dying of overdoses don't even meet the criteria for a substance use disorder. And in, in that case, you know, we need effective tools to, to address risk. And the, the best one we have available to us is, is actually providing access to a safer supply of regulated drugs where one need not worry that they're going to be exposed to something that, that they're not expecting and that may tragically lead to, you know, what ultimately are, are completely preventable deaths. I can hear the opposition to that right now saying that you, what you're advocating is, you know, government-sponsored drug dealing of, you know, pure heroin or, or something that is um, not as toxic as what's out there and that that will lead to greater societal acceptance and more uptake. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but the reality is, you know, that, that that's a fear appeal that people often move toward that's just completely unsupported by evidence at this point. And, you know, we need to certainly move in a direction of, having a response to the overdose crisis that's informed by best evidence, as well as the ethical imperative to act to address what, what's really a tragic situation. And, you know, the evidence around, for example, heroin-assisted treatment 
providing people with diacetylmorphine is incredibly rigorous. It's been subject to randomized control trials and other studies, and it's ultimately found that this is, you know, one of, if not the probably best treatment for um, heroin use. And, and so extending that logic to ensure that, you know, folks who don't want to be in a treatment program can't access treatment um, or haven't been able to stick or wouldn't be eligible for treatment because they don't have a substance use disorder can access something that, that doesn't kill them. You know, the evidence is there and points in that direction. And certainly if we're looking to address this meaningfully, we need recognize the need to act and act on that evidence. Ryan, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. That, that is Ryan McNeil, who is Assistant Professor of Medicine and Director of Harm Reduction Research at Yale University.